Hi there. Thank you for downloading, listening to, and watching the Lean Into Art cast. This is a show where a couple of visual storytellers get together, take walks around, you know, topics that happen across one's path when you go on this endeavor of communicating with images. We think hard about it, so you will too. My name is Jersey Drost. I'm a cartoonist and teaching artist, and the other host is named. I'm Rob Stenzinger. I am a user experience designer, and I make interactive stuff, and I teach about that as well. Good to see you Hi, again. Jersey. Hey, uh, another episode for, the, for those who are watching after the fact. Yep, it's another episode of the show. But for those who watch live, yep, we're coming in a day early again because I had another scheduling uh, mishap. So uh, thank you to Rob to, for being, you know, flexible as always in putting on this, 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 this putting together this project week after week. Um, and we're coming back with a part two right after a part one, which we haven't done that in a while. And I'm excited about it. Uh, so what's our part two? Well, okay, we we started delving into note taking and uh, making use of notes, and that uh, we had just maybe an over ambitious set of show notes, maybe, and um, and so instead of trying to just fly through it all in 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 one attempt, uh, we stuck mostly with uh, analog notes. So you know doing things pen and paper and different ways, shapes and forms and, and uses and reasons why. Knowing that, guess, guess what? Digital, it, it's its own thing. And, and, uh, and it relates to the physical note world too. So why not just do an immediate follow-up um, and, and, uh, and say, okay, let's, let's face the digital notes situation. Um, let's face it. And the music. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I've been watching Robotech again. It's awesome. Oh, have you? <laughs> yeah, I have. Oh, I've got it, thoughts. I, oh, um, maybe that'll no, be. It, so, yeah. One quick aha. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there's a lot more about the the so that then the Zentradi seem to be a placeholder for tweens, in my opinion. It's like tweens who have lots of capability but are un comfortable with how they're you know this next life stage right because they're like oh they see people kissing and they're like ew no and they're like show me again <laughs> you know <laughs> you're right and i just it never hit me before anyway it's love a story Robotech. about maturation yeah. oh my it is. gosh Big time. oh my gosh i that never occurred to me that is a pretty good aha uh <laughs> protoculture this is where protoculture <laughs> comes from it's from smooching what <laughs> i don't know about that and then they just can't stop thinking about it so anyway um it's so, it, it's so it was it's yeah that I, it's so, anyway thank you for the the robotech transition uh-huh. to the, the main first section here main yeah. yeah the first section so where do you want to start uh on this one uh, because like you have think, a you have a, you take a lot of digital yeah. notes and I have had a difficult time with it. That so I think that's the perfect place to start. Like let's okay. look at um, what it looks like when you're when you're trying to get it get a foothold and make use of this stuff. You get a phone, you get a tablet, you've got your maybe a desktop in the mix, and someone you know you're you're going to encounter note taking apps right you're going you know reminders and just general notes and calendar or whatever and i know this our topic is mostly focused on notes but there there's things get hung up and and i think that's a, a an interesting place to start it's um so what what describe one of your you know recent excursions or one that stands out where you're like trying to make use of a digital note taking tool 
Yeah. So I'm I'm so I switched from Mac to Windows a couple years ago now. I want to say like three years ago. And so and, and Microsoft's doing what they do, like what all the businesses are doing, where it's like, we're offering you the whole life experience where you can just live in our ecosystem and do all our stuff. And like part of me is like, eh, I, I had that with Apple and it got really frustrating really fast. I don't want to like go all in on anybody anymore. You know, I've been I've been hurt mm. before. <laughs> uh, well. What an interesting, I mean, it's no fun, but there's, I guarantee you, every single person listening to this episode is like, oh, I've been bit the same way. Where, so you, um, you put, you, so have you had like a lot of notes in any, any particular tool before? Uh, a lot for oh, you. a lot for me. Uh, yeah. Like, so another, another, I went all in on Google when if you remember when Google plus and you know, the whole Google identity that they were trying to like, they were trying to be your ID yeah. card in a way. Uh, I went in all on that. And so I have an inordinate amount of notes in Google keep, which I was using for a long time. Um, uh-huh. still using a little bit. I use it as sort of like a personal journal for, uh, tracking things I want to take to my doctor. Like, oh, that was weird when that happened. I'm going to talk to my doctor about that in a year. You know, uh, I've got like notes for that. Like, uh, but I don't keep any um, work or art or uh, other kind of journaling in that app anymore. It's more like just the thing that is quick to open where I can keep track of, you know, things I might want to follow up with later on. Um, And then OneNote I tried using as my uh, art sort of notebook for capturing ideas quickly about like if I sketch something and I want to write a few notes about this is going to be useful in a story. Um, and, but I don't find that I'm going to it as readily. I'm not, I'm going to my my physical sketchbooks, uh, first. And then there's Microsoft sticky notes, which I thought was a marvelous idea is this little like sticky note that persists on your desktop. So you can write a little like quick to do a disposable to do. Right. Um, and I use it a little bit, but I don't really use it as I, I think is, is it's intended, uh, or any, with any kind of frequency. Um, so I guess part of, uh, where, where would I, where would I go from there? Uh, I see you're taking notes as you're listening to me. Yeah, it's, I mean, you're, I think you're describing the ever present common, uh, frictions. So there's. In in infinite universes, there's there are jerseys that that for some reason thought OneNote would be fine, and and it's it's always there at hand, but it, but for some reason it doesn't always it doesn't play out like that. And a lot of digital note taking tools have this this disconnect, this um, extra thing or step that isn't always at hand, right? So it has to be like when you when you want a, like a trust, trusty, accessible tool, um, it can't have, well, a lot of, in UX design, you would say that there's some friction there in the interaction. So what is, what's causing a, um, an incon- uh, unavailability of that, whether it's um, availability as far as top of mind, where you, you know and trust it that it's just worth reaching a little bit further to grab that tool because it's, it's, it's important and you believe in it. And it has this, um, it, it occupies a space that, that it gets to stay there as that tool. And, and, and a lot of digital tools don't quite 
get there in my opinion. And, um, that's, uh, and, and like, we'll talk about my stuff in a little bit where I don't have one path for, for this. I've, I've adopted a, like a whole utility belt of stuff. And that has become like fluent and comfortable for me, but, but I notice you know, that's not common. So I, I know, um, you know, uh, I like to say I'm a husband to Kate Shield Stenzinger and she is, uh, you know, she's pr a pretty big fan of OneNote. And yet, but I'm, I like to observe behavior, right? What we say and what we do, she's I'm super consistent. And but I must be horrible to, 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 be, to coexist in a place with someone who's constantly trying to, you know, think, do thought experiments on, you know, what's working out. It's with goofy things like note taking. But I'll, I'll notice like, you know, I would reach, like when I say, a note-taking app is hired to, to do that job for me, it has to be at hand and I'm willing to grab it and use it, right? And well, like, so, you know, but even for her, she's a huge fan of it. She, she uses synchronization across platforms for OneNote. And, you know, so it's not like, oh, it's not available, right? But it's, it doesn't get hired for as many jobs, which is okay. Not everyone is, is, is you know, as in love with note-taking in all these different forms uh, and reasons that I do. But anyway, um, so what do you think it would take for one of those tools to become uh, that where it's worth reaching for, yeah. for, for more reasons? And how many, like, when is it enough to say, well, cause I, honestly, it sounds like Google Keep used to have more jobs but Google no, Keep it just has one job. It just has one, yeah. And uh, I, part of it with Google Keep was is that it was really hard for me. They have a they used a, last time I checked, you know, because I like I said, I've only been using it for one job. But the last time I checked, they they do organization through a tagging system. So you put these tags on it, and then you get to search by those mm -hmm. tags. Whereas OneNote uses a a notebook metaphor, where here's all that you you create different notebooks within your OneNote account to organize like your information by subject, right? So I have like here's like this particular project's notebook. Here's my teaching notebook. Here's the same way I would in real life. Like these are like the different buckets of my career. Um, and then I have a, a links notebook if I'm just capturing links. And I think what makes me not go to, to OneNote as readily is that the mobile app, at least on the phone I have, um, is really laggy and really slow. And like when I'm saving a note, it'll just spin and spin and spin. I'm like, okay, well, I just wanted it to just like, just put it away from me. Just put it away from me so I can come back to it later. And it's like, I'm trying. I'm looking for the file where it goes. You know, I'm doing my best boss. He's sweating and panting over there, you know? And I'm like, all right, fine. And then I don't, just don't do anything for me then, you know? And I think another part of it is, it, I'm just, to be fair to Microsoft, I'm running, um, what is this? A Nokia 6.1 you know, Android phone, um, which, you know, isn't like the top of the line phone. So it, it, it struggles sometimes with doing stuff. Um, and when I had one of the Galaxy Note phones where you could write on it, I used it a lot more. Like when I, when I could write on my phone with a pen, um, that was glory days. But I, I successfully killed three Galaxy Notes in a row. Like boom, boom, boom. They all just died, like bricked them. You know, and I'm like, okay, I guess I can't use these phones anymore. So, and I'm not spending, oh. yeah, they were, they were older models. I got like, it was like two years ago, I got a Galaxy Note 4. So it was like two or three years old. Um, 
And yeah, I, I, I've tried to resuscitate it many times. I haven't done it. And then before that, I had the Galaxy Note 2, which was like six years ago. So it was like a couple years old at the time. Anne and I both had one. Mine got bricked. And gave me hers, and then I bricked hers. So I do something bad to Android phones, <laughs> and I don't know what I'm doing. I'm not going to bad websites or anything. I think I just use them too much. I don't know. Anyway, uh, so I did. I did notice that that like when I was able to like actually write into the phone, the notebook was literally on my body all the time, right? And it was it was pretty great. Um, capturing notes without being able to like draw or write with my hand is I find it to be a little more cumbersome. It, it makes me not enjoy using it as much. I am not great at typing on my phone. Um, I'm, I'm, it, it takes me a long time to like type messages on it. So mm. not, not to sound like a total, you know, I prefer the term silver Fox myself, but you know, you could also say middle-aged <laughs> man. <laughs> That's, I, yeah. You, you can wear that mantle of silver Fox. It fits. And also a Gen Xer. Uh, Gen, Gen X, X is, is a, is a bit, is very mixed. Uh, there's, there's, um, there, there are very tech fluent Gen Xers and, and those that aren't, or you could be tech fluent and just not, you know, and, and honestly take no, um, suffer no fools as far as technology where you're just like, this has to be fast or go away. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, because I have other options and what have you, I'm not going to sit here and, and, and tolerate the, the, um, less than I know what it could be. I have expectations and stuff. So um, not that other generations don't. Broad brush generalities right. always suck. Always suck. Um, yeah. So <laughs> anyway, climbing out of that uh, <laughs> problem. So, okay. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm hearing a lot of interesting things that, uh, I mean, so the interface matters. Things get more complicated as soon as you go digital. And things get more complicated as far as the choice of what kinds of um, affordances and, and, and what tools are available on a given platform. And, and also, the uh, how much money are you willing to keep funneling into this thing? Because the, inherently, the technology is um, more ephemeral than your uh, something written on a piece of paper. There is a Yes, the, it has. There's a danger of, of of paper being in one physical place, and whatnot. It has its risks and trade-offs. Um, you know, a coffee spill, what have you, right? Mm -hmm. uh, getting mistakenly thrown out. Thousands of reasons why a physical thing is it has risks, but then, but but it has different risks than the tech. And and then there's also this this uh, this tension between the reason the tech exists and the reason you're using it. And that's the whole like, well, platforms, platforms want to, you know, profit sustainably. And maybe they want to profit with what's commonly desired as uh, hyper growth. And so then maybe you can counter a great tool that's free and awesome that for some reason no longer is awesome and free at some point, right? Mm -hmm. and or changes on a whim so it's no longer a fit for you right where a notebook doesn't transform in your pocket and you take it out and like ah it's a stick of gum dang it and <laughs> you know <laughs> that's true yeah that's never happened to me me neither <laughs> yet um <laughs> who knows so, um some some wild notebook startup may 
be handing them out for free and I'll get pulled in and but we'll I'm, see what I, happens. I'm curious about digging into yours in a minute too because like yeah. I, I think another problem that I have is that the notebook is only useful if I attend to it, right? So my ETP is only as good as the amount of time I spend looking at it and revising it and meeting with it. And I'm not always awesome at that. Um, but one of the things that gets me excited about digital note taking uh, is, and this is my final friction point is that I run into that I know of, is that it promises integration into other things that I'm making contact with on a regular basis, like my email. So like when I start thinking about like, oh, like Microsoft to do's or like sticky notes, if there's a way to like make a note and also say, also remind me of that thing, you know, in 24 hours, two weeks, right? Like the Google assistant, Siri, those kinds of things do that where you could say like, Hey, remind me in three weeks of this thing that I need to be attentive to that. I remember in this moment, I'm capturing it. So I don't have to hold on to it anymore. I love that finding something that integrates with my calendars. Cause here's another problem, Rob, is I'm trying to transition off of Google calendar into Microsoft outlook calendar for a variety of reasons. Don't need to go into that, but that's the problem that I'm facing. So like now I've got this legacy of 10 years or more using Google different services and trying to make that switch and funnel it all in, in a way that works is also difficult. So that makes it also challenging to sign on with a particular digital note taking app because I would love it if it had, if I could find something that could also work in some kind of reminder or calendar integration way. Yeah, that's uh, okay. I mean, that's that. That's I mean, a lot of interesting uh, things that I wonder if I even have. Like, oh, so did I just ask for a pony for Christmas, of, Rob? <laughs> it's I. That's the and I'm I'm totally going like, uh, yeah, that's uh, ponies are awesome, but. <laughs> Oh, rats. Yeah, we don't, we, we're not zoned for ponies and that kind of thing. So, um, okay. So it, let's see. I think what you're talking about is possible. And it's, it's a matter of, honestly, I don't know if we can, this may, you may have pointed out another episode in this series oh, that wow. have to do more with the habits and the process. We can get into some of that, but that's where you can get the, um, the resilience and adaptability. When you think about what am I doing this note taking for? And what do I want out of it? And then it's a matter of um, hiring or letting go of tools that fit what your process and needs are. So there's um, inherently, so in my, in my whole system um, to do what you're describing, I think I have all those features, hmm. but it's a hodgepodge. It's not, there, there's, there's a lot of um, imperfection in that mix where the, um, you know, to get a reminder I'm fine if that doesn't live connected to a note that relates to that project and stuff like that. Um, I'm fine if I need to, to have a, to instigate creating a note somewhere separate than a reminder and vice versa, right? Like um, to, to track tasks, I'm okay if, I was okay if that was separate from my notes. I've actually um, uh, changed how I do that. I, I actually use, um, multi-markdown checklists now. So, mm. um, so there's always trade-offs, but like in the mix, if you know your needs somewhere, you're going to find some combination of physical and digital tools to meet your needs. And so I guess that's like the short version of, of what that episode could be. But, um, you know, cause it's, it's like, 
these tools pop up, platforms introduce capabilities. They know people have these different needs. You might be in that situation. They, you know, so Microsoft will offer you things. Google will offer you things. Apple offers you things. And so you're, you stumble into it and you start to use it. But what if you um, really thought about what you're trying to get out of it? And I, I think that you may have a map of a pile of different things on different platforms that works enough for you. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and, and you're and, operating in that tension zone between like what you need and what the platform wants you to need. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I am very eager to be platform agnostic, right? Like because of what I was outlining at the top is like, I've invested in them before and, and got frustrated and burned by it. So it's, yeah, I would love to do something that's a little bit more United Nations of mm. platforms. So, and it sounds like you've got something more in that direction. I, I have something for notes more in that direction. Uh, for calendar, um, <laughs> I don't really, I don't really have it. I've, I've, I've uh, allowed myself to get subsumed into the Google, Google calendar system. And uh, for my online scheduling, I use uh, Calendly. Yeah, right? that is a great, great Wait. service. Yeah, it's quite good. Um, it integrates with Zoom. It also... Um, will, uh, it, it's aware of your calendar and it lets you charge for meetings and stuff. So worth mentioning that, uh, that can help, but then you're going to need some other mechanism in the background that is synchronizing. Like, I think Calendly can integrate with, um, the Outlook mm-hmm. calendar ecosystem too. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, um, it's, it's a matter of you end up getting jobs you never thought you needed to deal with. And the idea of your calendar and how it's, a, it's oftentimes a combination of your relationship to you as a person and the organization that, that is part of the context of the calendar. And is it you as a person, you as your, your side business or your main business, or, or you as a, an employee or contractor somewhere, you know, calendars, whole big ball of, yeah. You know, but yeah, so like when, and I don't want to go off too much of a tangent on that, or at least I didn't mean to, but but my point about that with regard to note taking was, is that there are a lot of times where I would love to take a batch of notes and say like, okay, digital service, give this back to me in three weeks when I'm about to prepare Mm -hmm. for this presentation. Here are the notes that I made, give like, put them in front of my face in three weeks, remind me about these notes I took, attach them to some kind of reminder system, you know? And there are ways to do it. It's just not the most elegant thing in the world to set up, right? Like when you're making a calendar event, you can also put those notes in there as like in the comments field or whatever. But um, mm-hmm. I just wish within the note-taking app, I could also figure in that kind of integration. But that's, that's a wish for later on. Um, but I am, I am curious to hear about like what you've, what you've done and see what it sparks in my imagination about what I could possibly do. Cool. All right. We'd love to uh, dig into that. Should we start me, here? Or, or? Yeah, you, let's do it. Okay. You, you want me to switch to you? All right. Um, let's see here. Uh, let's say, uh, no, I, my, my apps are full of, um, oh, let's see. Yeah. I can, I've got the websites I, all pulled up. So I can pull up websites. I can pull up websites, Okay. but like, I'm not going to show my apps right now. <laughs> no, you're not going <laughs> to show your apps where you do all of your journaling and tracking projects and ideas. <sighs> No. 
Yeah, <laughs> if I were doing a workshop, I would create placeholder data to to make use of that and yeah. you know do what you need to do, log in as a separate user, what have you. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, I did not go that extra mile to talk about it today. So um, let's see, where do we where do we go here? So we, I mentioned process. You think about you need something close at hand for for capturing notes and. Um, for me, the close at hand notes are a combination of, of either um, writing stuff down on note cards or capturing in the drafts app on iOS. Currently the device in my pocket most of the time is, um, is, is an iPhone. And uh, that text gets then put somewhere else. And, uh, and it, I'll talk about the, what happens to a note card in a little bit. But first the, um, uh, the, the, I use a lot of um, markdown notes, and so a lot of the, a lot of the, uh, um, let's see. And we can go wherever you want to want to go on this. I just I'm you know like hitting one of the big things you know right away. Mm -hmm. So if you're, um, are you familiar with Markdown, Jersey? Markdown is a coding language that allows you to organize your you know, create. Uh, bolded text, italicized text, but you can also organize text into tables and even bullet lists and numbered lists and so on. Yes, it is. It is kind of yeah. like the same thing as HTML, but it's a little bit of a more, um, I would say, an intuitive coding language than HTML. You don't have to um, learn a lot of tags and stuff, and right. it can't do all the work necessarily of HTML, but um, proper markdown processors allow you to actually combine markdown and HTML. Uh, so if you really need to go to an odd, interesting place, like if you're using a, a markdown to create slides through something like um, like deck set, that's um, that's an interesting approach. I didn't even put that in the show notes, but um, I will prototype talks with. Uh, so I, I like I like open free text. Open free text. I can I can go to any platform. So like. The idea that Markdown can, you know, essentially semantically divide up a document into sections with, you know, headings and subheadings, bullet lists and all that stuff. And I know slides get a bad reputation. They can be used to, to do some supplemental information in a talk quite well. And especially when you're combining them with digitals and, and storytelling and are using it for what they're good for. So, um, yeah, and I'll, I'll do... Um, some talks I've completely authored in, in Markdown and uh, then I'll export it in Dexset into like a PDF if I can't actually use Dexset to perform it. Um, hmm. but, if you, but if I can just display my computer in whatever situation, then yeah, I can stick with uh, Dexset. And it's, um, and it's really good. Of course, it doesn't cover all my different quirky needs and stuff. So I don't always work in that. It depends on what I'm building. Uh, for a talk, but uh, Markdown. So, so it's, you may, may as well just say plain text. Plain text is so portable and so powerful. And that uh, I know like if I go to Windows and Mac or Linux or um, iOS or Android or whatever else comes along, Mozilla operating system. Great. Doesn't matter. Plain text travels. You're not stuck. So if you have text in a folder, so that text documents in a file system, you name them something, they have content, they are processable and searchable 
by so many different tools and things. So like that is a good path to go to say, I'm going to be very uh, either multi-platform or a, I know I'll be migrating platforms. I'm a little bit nomadic where I live here for now. I know in a few years, something else will come out and I might move. Nothing like, like your, your least, I guess your least regret from investing a lot of time in, in, in putting your thoughts into a format will be plain text, I would bet. And, um, and actually simple image files and even PDF. Um, oh, whoa, so, whoa, what was that? What was that? Uh, <laughs> PDF, you still have to, you know, finding a viewer and stuff like that for it too. It's very robustly cross-platform. Mm-hmm. But it's a binary format. I'm not. A, I'm not as stoked about those unless it's just for a plain image and stuff. But there's so like if you use um, in your workflow PDFs, if you use uh, SVGs, if you use um, I'm sorry, I'm going on a small cross-platform tangent. Um, plain text and let's see, uh, what else did I? But you stick with those open formats, and even actually even Photoshop's uh, fo- format. So you need to do some you know robust painting and 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 uh, um, visual design and stuff like that. Uh, you're 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 really well set up. Uh, Vector, I think, if you can try to get your tool to to do a good job with SVG or PDF, um, you're set. So anyway, um, that that will help you go just migrate platforms a lot easier than if it's like, well, all my stuff is in Evernote or OneNote or Keep or mm-hmm. um, Apple Notes, what have you. It, it's the the moving to the next place is not as simple. Um, Thankfully, it's not as locked down as it used to be. In all those cases, there's there's often like a like a cloud portal that you can get to your stuff. So it's it's not like totally locked away, uh, unaccessible in any way, shape, or form. But text files again, it they're not lockable away. I mean, unless you unless you choose to put them in an encrypted folder and what have you. And then if you if you have a cloud service of your choice. Your text files don't live on just one machine. They're synchronizable across a bunch of machines. And most cloud services, there's some way to get to the your stuff on all the platforms I listed. Yep. Um, so to, for, for Markdown editing, uh, you know, it's writing the files, if you, I mean, your aesthetics will, will, will come into play here. Like this Markdown may not be a great choice for you because you, you just might want to always have things that look a lot like a, uh, um, like a formatted word processor document, right? So it will be a hard sell um, because when you're working in plain text, it doesn't always you know, have that look, but if you pick the right editors for Markdown, you're getting closer. Uh, so especially like Typora um, on, on Mac and Windows, it's, we've talked about this last episode. Mm-hmm. It, it basically, it turns the markdown pretty quickly after you type it into, it recognizes it as, oh, that's a heading, or this is a list, or this is a checklist. And I'm going to, and it renders a checkbox. And, uh, you know, cause typically a markdown checklist, you will have like, um, you know, a hyphen space and then um, open square bracket, 
space, close square bracket, space, and then that's a, um, an open checkbox. If you put an X, a lowercase X inside of there, there you go. It's, um, it's a checked off checkbox. And what happens in Typora, it just renders it as a, a checkbox uh, based on how that operating system would, you know, render a checkbox. Mm. And, uh, and it's, yeah, so I, I'm, I'm liking that quite a bit. And it just synchronizes as soon as you save it, goes across the cloud, it's available on all the machines that, uh, that you work with. Um, I use OneWriter on iOS. You have other options, of course, um, but OneWriter doesn't require a um, subscription. Hmm. And, uh, and, it's, and it's, it's good. Um, it's, it's not as, uh, it doesn't, like nothing feels quite like Typora yet that I've seen, but um, who knows where these tools will evolve to. But yeah, OneWriter is just a more simple um, look and feel. When you create a heading, it's, you know, you, you, you put a one hashtag or one, ha I don't even know what to call that symbol anymore. But um, it, you, know, you, put, you put one of those in there in space and then all of a sudden it makes that a little bolded and stuff. You didn't, it's like it visually highlights it or emphasizes it a bit, right? And that's kind of what how um, uh, even uh, uh, IA Writer on Android works. Mm -hmm. I mentioned recently, I, 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 I did uh, invest in an Android tablet and it's really, um, I wasn't, in, uh, I think there's a lot of great tools. I, I don't wanna just, you know, I think other folks may find good use out of some, some of the markdown tools available on Android, but how I wanted the, the tool to behave, to be, you know, to search folders and to work well. I mean, oddly enough, oh, their, their support um, emails are pretty good too. Um, I had a couple quirks and concerns and I was, you know, I'm working all kinds of different hours of the day and they're replying to me pretty quick and it was nice. And it's not cheap. Like, like IA writer was like 30 bucks, but I'm, you know, Gen X and I remember software used to cost a lot. So, um, and it, and when I really have a job and I know this isn't speculation, it's like, I, this is critical. This like, I need a tool that does, you know, does this job. So it's, um, so it's worked out. Um, I wish it was a little more flexible about which Dropbox folder, Dropbox folders you can pick. I was only able to succeed in saying like, okay, anything under the Dropbox slash apps folder. Now I, so I ended up migrating my notes where I normally kept them. So this would work out. Um, but it wasn't that big of a deal because, you know, a couple minutes of synchronizing and they're everywhere. So I have a question based on what you're sharing so far when you're so you're doing all these notes in text are you using yep. speech to text recognition or are you typing all these notes i uh that's a great question i want keyboards um <laughs> so so i did get the keyboard case for my uh my android tablet mm -hmm. um i don't like small typing experiences and, um, and, and even like swipe typing and um, autocorrect can, honestly, I'm going to say something hot take-ish. Autocorrect can die in a fire. I am so tired of autocorrect. Like 
mangling my vocabulary and all kinds of things <laughs> that like, I never would have written and I don't want it be, to be suggested. And it just, and it, and, and I don't, I think it's become worse over the years. And I mm -hmm. wonder if that's because of the overall network of typing is informing its, you know, its collective behavior. I don't know, but wouldn't that make it better? Whatever. I don't know. I'm grumpy <laughs> about autocorrect. So just... <laughs> well, no, no. I mean, and, and this is something that I've noticed too. And maybe, maybe this is something, it's a generational thing. I can't tell. Uh, but when I'm typing and the Google keyboard gives me all these suggestions of words and then just they go to tap the suggestion, like that's the word I wanted. Then it's like, no, wait, what about this one? And then my finger touches it. And I'm like, no, I didn't want to say that word. You know, and, and I didn't hit send oh. yet. It's not a big deal, but it's like, now I got to backtrack. Now I have to backtrack because you changed the suggestion just before I tapped the damn suggestion. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you. Ah, <laughs> uh, that needs a name. There's a, uh, it's like, it's like it's helping you with a gotcha. Yeah. And it's like it's like autocorrect prank. You know, <laughs> I don't I don't want like surprise in in this. I just want to I want a word that you know you you theoretically could help me type faster by doing some prediction. Yeah. Predi predictive text was pretty good um, a few years back, but mm. anyway. Um, okay. So you're, you're using keyboards to yeah. do your input on your notes. I'm using keyboards and occasionally I will use uh, speech to text. I found the speech to text integrated in the Apple platform to be pretty good. Um, primarily speech to text. When I do that, it'll be with my watch and I, and I'll throw a note into what is essentially my, one of my inboxes, my inboxes get visited. This is pro the, the process you have will make this robust or not. Otherwise you're, you're just throwing data into the universe, right? So you need some way to follow up on the stuff that you make and, and like putting these notes, these notes have a job. And if it's just, you know, one and done, it's probably not doing anything then. So what's the job of this note? So in, in um, so drafts, it's like, just capture, don't worry about what's going to happen next. Just you know that I know that I'm going to visit my drafts inbox and, you know, throw stuff through to, through its built-in actions. It I can turn drafts into a Google doc or a um, often send it to a particular um, uh, Dropbox markdown folder. Hmm. So, cause that's my archive. That's my database of both active things. I have essentially two, two, two branches of folders. I, I use like there, I, I've got essentially my, my, my sort of management task project, what have you folder, but then I have my documents folder where it's this, you know, things that, that are writing that turns into some kind of document output is, is to me like a creative, it's a project and it's different than it's a, it's a work product versus managing a project, I guess. Okay. So that's why, but that's for me, maybe one folder would work for you. Okay. Um, but yeah, the, let's see. And uh, then, so, so that, you know, having, having a place for that to come in, in, in some way, shape or form or what have you, um, sometimes using speech to text. I'm curious about that too, Jersey. Are you a fan of speech to text and is that working for you? I, I just, I just, I default to it a lot because the typing experience is so difficult for me on phones. I have such a hard time typing in any kind of like, um, efficient way uh, because of what we were talking about with autocorrect and with the suggest predictive text 
And uh, Rachel's watching live, and it says, like, I also think that uh, predictive text is getting worse. It, it, she says, I mean, just because you don't know what shrinky dinks are doesn't mean I made a typo autocorrupt. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, it's things like that, too, right? So, um, and then also, you know, anyway. But, yes, I, I use it for texting a lot. And if I need to capture a thought quickly in text, I will often use speech to text. But again, my phone's kind of old and a little bit laggy. So sometimes I'll be like, I'm listening. And I'm like, and I say three sentences like, wait, 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 wait. I wasn't listening. Now I'm listening. Say that again. <laughs> like, okay, well, now I don't want to do anything mm. anymore. <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so I don't know. It's like, I, I want to talk about, the different jobs that you've hired, the different journaling and uh, note-taking apps to do in a second. I, I wonder if we should take a break in a minute. Um, mm -hmm. And you're also reminding me of a friend that I had who he got so sick of like the difficulties of different smartphones and how quickly they went out of, out of uh, you know, what, how quickly they became obsolete that he actually just got like a flip phone as his phone and he's carried like a, a mini tablet as his like do things like on the move mm -hmm. thing instead of relying on a phone. And I almost wonder about that sometimes. I think about that guy a lot. And like, like I wonder if he's really happy with the life he's chosen. Cause like <laughs> the, it's just, I think one of the stumbling blocks is, is that I have yet to find a device that I can put in my pocket that can adequately do, capture all those things in a way that is effortless and invisible to me. And you look like you have an idea. Oh, I just, I have another keyboard. That's the, that's the thing. So for my phone in my pocket, I also have this keyboard and it's been so trusty and I can't, I've been using this for years so long that my kids have commented like that, that thing's still working. Wow. <laughs> okay. So how about, do you want to go get that keyboard while I do the ad break? Yeah. All right. Yes. So in, in a minute and 30 seconds, we're going to find out what this keyboard is that Rob's talking about. But we got to thank some people who make this show possible. And those people are the folks who support us on Patreon. Yes, patreon.com slash leanatard is the website. What is it? It's a way for you to give us a monthly upvote. If you believe in Robin Jersey and what we create here at leanatard.com, you can make it more sustainable by contributing as little as a dollar a month. You can also do a one-time contribution and just, you know, avail yourself of the behind-the-scenes content. And then, you know, check out at the end of the month. If that's, you know, the way you want to do it, that's totally cool by us. But I want to thank five people who have been supporting us on a regular basis, on an ongoing basis. So Dave Srisay, thank you, Dave Srisay, for supporting us and believing in us and what we do. You can find Dave on Twitter at Dave Say, S-E-A-H. And Ashley Knapp, thank you, Ashley, for supporting us for so long. Longtime supporter of the show, uh, longtime believer in what we do here. It means a lot to us, Ashley. And Mike White, you can find Mike White on Instagram at Mike White Robot. Also, you can find him in the Lean to Art Discord, which I'm going to talk about in a second. Thank you, Mike. Mike, and then Greg Horvath. Thank you, Greg, for believing that's what we do. You can find Greg on Twitter at IGMHorv77. And Stephen Black. Thank you, Stephen. You can find Stephen on Twitter at Black's Sideshow. You can join them all at leanintoart.com slash Patreon or patreon.com slash leanintoart where you'll find all the shows we make as well as the extra leans, the shows that we record only for people who support us on Patreon. Those posts become an open mic thread where you can talk about whatever you want in a safe space about fellow leaners. And it also gets you access to the Lean to Art Discord. Uh, well, it's public, but you know it's it, we also have special channels for people to support us on Patreon. Thanks to everybody who has been supporting us on an ongoing basis. It means a lot to us. Okay. Mm -hmm. Rob, did you find it? Oh, Jersey, I did find it. Um, 
It's the Dicto Pro, right? And it's it folds up and is not, you know, it's it's a little bit it's it's roughly the, the size of my hand, right? And um, you see, here's my phone with, uh, it has its keyboard up, but I open this and uh, boop, there we go. Now you can tell it just took a second for the, um, you know, so now I'm able to, uh, let's see, I'll just mash the keyboard here. There we go. And it's it, it, basically the OS software keyboard goes away or comes back when I open or close the, um, um, well, it didn't, there we go, it came back. There we go, that's a little demo. And so, yeah, this, this keyboard is, I mean, it's roughly full-sized um, and it's a little bit ergonomic because of the angle of the keys and the separation. So um, I actually like the typing experience on this quite a bit. Wow. And, uh, and so, you know, pre-pandemic, I, I typed up many a thing in, a, in the coffee shops with, uh, with this or, or, or meetings and whatnot where, you know, I'm the guy where it's like, hey, guess what? I'm not just note card guy. <laughs> Boom, I got those around me. And I may have like a whole constellation depending on the meeting. I've got my, you know, I've got that keyboard in front of me too. And, uh, you know. What's That's, the battery life like on that? It's pretty good. Um, I can pro probably charge it just once a week and it's fine. It has, it's, it's a little, you know, you hit the function key plus R to, to know the battery and then it'll blink at you a few times and, um, you know, four blinks, full battery <laughs> or full enough. Okay. But, um, but wow. yeah, I mean, it's, it's, um, you know, there's a whole set of possible tools and things out there that maybe, you know, because of your, your use case, it, that's what matters the most. Like what job are you using this for? And, you know, there's um, options to, to, um, to adapt. This was 20 bucks and it's very pocketable and somehow has lasted, I think four years at this point, if not more, but um Oh, there's three years. There's so. two versions. Yeah. There's the Dictapro D100 and then okay. the one that you have. So the D100 I'm looking at right here, it, it looks like there's the same deal, little foldy uh, guy, but it looks like it's like a little bit more industrial looking, maybe. Uh, yeah. And then there's... It looks sturdier. Yeah. And then the Is that more expensive? No, the same, 19 bucks, but it, they both say sold out right now. So they're running a sale. It just oh. says sold out. But uh, I am, consider me fully intrigued. This sounds great. So I am glad that we talked about this today, Rob. Oh, good. Um, so that's, yeah, with a little bit of, you know, adapt and, and morph whatever tool you have to, to fit your needs, right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, because whatever it is, I want to get things captured and into the, funneled into this system, into uh, essentially folders where I have, uh, I've got, well, I mentioned my markdown folders, but then there's also the um, uh, scans and that kind of stuff. So things that come in as, as visual note cards or, or, or honestly uh, dry erase boards, whiteboards and what have you that, mm. um, you know, if it's important enough, then, you know, in it goes. Um, what, um, 
which I don't know if, if like, that's an interesting thing where, you know, we talked about technology sometimes goes obsolete. For some reason, scanners do that, where mm. they have a life, a lifespan of driver support and the combination of uh, operating system evolution, right? Going to 32-bit to 64-bit to 64-bit mandatory to sandboxed and all this, these kinds of things that are happening on the different operating systems. You can run into a situation where suddenly your drivers don't work anymore or they got fixed by the company, but now they don't behave the way they used to, right? Mm. That's, that's what happened to me with my, uh, my old scan snap, which, I mean, we mentioned this on the show ages ago. Oh yeah. Yeah. This is the thing that you just like drop your index cards into, and then it scanned them into Evernote for you ages ago. Right. Right. No longer Evernote. Just it, they go into a PDF into a folder. Mm. And then, uh, then the critical step after that is, so Evernote used to do the visual, you know, handwriting recognition and store all this metadata with that. That never turned out to be as useful as I was hoping. Mm. Um, it, it's not like as robust as saying, oh, I put this in a folder that means this for this project or the nature of this note is still, you know, I don't know where I'm going to use this. I just want, I just have, I want to remember this. So I, I just need to describe what I just captured. And that's, that's part of the bringing notes in to, you know, to their archive is just giving it a decent name. And that's actually quite findable. Hmm. So just remember that, you know, file names can be a lot longer than you would expect. Hmm. So be specific enough, uh, use nouns that are meaningful to you. Use repeatable nouns that fit your process and, uh, you know, throw some verbs in there, throw some adjectives. I mean, whatever it takes, set whole sentences. Oh, uh, I, you can have long file names. I, I'm, I'm so wanting to ask my wife to come on to talk about controlled taxonomies. Like that's like one of her, one of her uh, jams, right? It's like coming up with oh, a sure. taxonomy for like sorting information, um, which because like I, 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 this is another thing that made me stop using Google Keep was like, I went, okay, I'm going to file this under comics. Oh, that was helpful, Jersey. That was really helpful to put that tag on it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to call you note. <laughs> By the way, my passwords are not password, but you would almost guess that based on my tagging system. <laughs> so, okay, so when your, your, your driver failed, or rather the driver stopped working on the that, that scanner, what did you do? Uh, right, good point. There's... Uh, I. I ended up finding an app, you know, there's, I think there was some open source stuff or what have you, but um, I found an app that it's not cheap, but it's, but it works. It's called ViewScan, and it's at hamrick.com. And uh, I mean, it's there. I came to realize, I guess I'm not alone. There's a whole lot of scanners that seem to just sort of fall out of favor or just no longer supported. And, um, and I was, cause I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so critical to my process. This thing I have hired to do important jobs and it's broken. What do I do? And I was, I was comparing, I was looking at new scanners and, and it's just like, well, you know, mm -hmm. how, how could I do this for, cause I barely justified getting the, that for that scanner in the first place. Cause it was like 400 something bucks and, back in the day. And I'm like, Ugh, and if it's still gonna, working, and then, it still physically works. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's doing great. I, I, de I needed to clean the, the um, scan lens the other day. 
that easy peasy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, it's it's. I mean, it's been amazing because it threw blue. Uh, there's a blue line down all of my scans. And I'm like, eh, mm-hmm. you know, okay, yeah. And is some. this the end of the road? But no, it's it's just uh, some little gunk got stuck on the lens and uh, very cleanable, fixable. Uh, I just uses uh, I used glasses cleaner on it. Hmm. So um, anyway, so ViewScan just brought me back. And, it, and it, it, what's funny, it was an upgrade from the, the approach of the manufacturer's scan software as far as the amount of options, as far as the um, less load on my system, it, as far as you know, loading in the background and stuff. It just, I, I don't know, I'm a, I'm, I am a fan. And I, I bought the fancy version of it because I, I couldn't tell you, but in the list of features and comparing the options and stuff, I ended up um, getting the pro version. Well, another aspect of this, I mean, not to belabor this whole idea of like keeping old technology, but like I, I've become a lot more aware. I mean, having had a lot of technology in my life for the last 20 years of the amount of waste that I've been creating. And so I'm trying to be a lot more conscious of keeping my stuff alive longer. We did an episode actually on like, like keeping old uh, machines alive through using open source software and Linux and things like that. And so one of the things that I think about this is why I have kind of an old crusty phone is that like, I don't want to buy new if I can avoid it. So I'm always going to try to buy used, um, just to keep, keep it going a little bit longer and not in some, you know, ethical or not ethical recycling facility, you know? Um, so, so I, I, yeah, like I'm, I'm curious about this because I have a couple different old scanners that I could probably resuscitate with that. So, pretty likely, and I think it's it works on Windows and Mac, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Um, I, when I loaded the page, so. it said download for Windows 10. So, mm-hmm. very cool. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I've been very happy with that. I've been using that software for years, and so yeah, I've been able to continue my process through a stack of note cards in there, and of course, you know. When I put us like if I have um, twenty note cards and five are for this this conversation, two are for this, one is for that. I don't scan them all at the same time, so it's because it's easy enough to be like, okay, throw this stack in, scan it, wait, throw this scan, and, and it just goes really quickly. And all of a sudden, I have a few PDFs, and I just look at them. Um, I do the, a quick preview on the file, mm-hmm. and I rename it. I'm like, oh, boop boop boop, this is what's in this one. This is what, okay. and then. Um, I make use of all this stuff through just file search. Very cool. All right. What, what's so, the name of that scanner yeah. again? Uh, so my scanner is the IX 500, the okay. physical scanner. The software is ViewScan. Right. I, I pulled up ViewScan on screen. Yeah. But yeah. So this is the ScanSnap IX 500. So I just want to pull it up yes, on screen so people right. can see it who are watching the video. So it's like, yeah, it's this little, little bitty guy that you just like drop the note cards into. And it does a quick scan, runs it through, right? So you're not opening up like a giant scan bed. What a cool device! I mean, it's like yeah. it's it's. I mean, it's it's a has like limited use, but like what it does, it looks like it does it really well. Yeah. Um, let's see here. Oh, there's. Oh, turn down the Rob not, cam. Uh, my cam. My camera went. As, oh, is it awake? Is it not awake? It's not awake. Come back. All right. Yeah, oh, and sorry, Rachel Ra- Rachel's chiming in on this too. I also hate throwing away old tech because of the hazardous batteries and not sure what to do with them. Yeah, I mean, like it, it's there's a lot of ambiguity there with uh, with regard to you know uh, ethically recycling old technology. Um, oh, look at that! It's so cool. 
And there you go. Boom. Scanned. 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 It scans that fast. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And let me, let's see. I'll pull up the app. And then, boom. Now it's in. It's, uh, uh, yeah. So ViewScan did its thing. It made the PDF. And now wow. all I need to do is just rename that thing. So That's really cool. Oh. Uh, yeah. Oh. Uh, I think... I hope Anne is not watching because I think I just found a holiday gift idea. Um, <laughs> uh, okay. okay, I'm saving that link. Okay, so um, we talked about like hiring the different notebooks for the different kinds of jobs. Like, so, like for instance, when we did like last episode, I, I talked about my ETP, and my ETP gathers a certain kind of information, but I'm not journaling about my day in there as much. I'm not. It's not a place to catalog my personal life. It's a place to catalog or track the different work activities that I do on a daily basis, right? Um, it's it sounds like it's the um, it's your executive function machine. It's your ability to be strategic and tactical. It's it's project management stuff. Right. That's what I. That's a common job, right? Yep. So people could use you know, um, oh oh, what are wondered lists? If that's still a thing. Um, you know, all Trello. Kinds of, anything that's like a hierarchy and a, yeah, a task. Yep. Uh, Trello. That's, um, uh, uh, oh gosh, uh, I'm totally forgetting the, um, the one I used to use a lot. Um, and another one uh, that focus. Oh yeah. Yes. OmniFocus is another one. Airtable has also got a lot of features like that. Now, um, Microsoft is rolling out, uh, some, what is it? It's some kind of competitor to Airtable that's doing a very similar thing anyway. But yes, I want to talk about like this, like this general digital note taking though, like, as you got different jobs for different apps. Yeah. And, uh, it's, I mean, there's no app that really can do everything that well, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, like, I've migrated away from um, OmniFocus to where I just, you know, the, my markdown files are doing probably the most jobs, right? So it's it's a matter of, um, you know, doing, working with text in, you know, large documents and then um, long-term memory and task management stuff. Those two jobs, totally uh, working with that ecosystem of markdown stuff, right? Um, but then other things can come in visually in different different places, but they all go into then that that visual note archive. So if I'm doing, um, let's see, uh, visual note taking and sketching and that kind of stuff, and, and it, this became a document that that needs to go in that long term memory, and it's it's sort of it lives outside of a project. Well, it goes into that note archive of of pdfs and pngs and jpegs basically because stuff can go from my photos my photo roll as well of like well here was a useful kanban like we you know talked about a thing wrote some stuff on stickies what have you okay boom take a picture throw it on the list give it a good name right because you know img 05 2630 isn't going to help anybody and, and, and even the file date, like, just give it a good name and you will be, you will think future you will be so happy with past you. Yep. Yeah. I, now that you mentioned, I think about the way I use Google photos is I never search by date. 
I always search by place. What was the context? Where was I when, when I'm, mm. the, the memory I'm trying to find? Okay, that was when I was in Washington, D.C. I think it was 2008. I don't know. But let's do a search for Washington, D.C., right? And then that gets me faster to where I need to be. So if I can put some of that contextual information in the file name, yeah. That would probably, yes, and you're right. Search. I, I'm, so, I'm still thinking of like 1999, 2001 kind of terms of like coming up with a naming convention and a folder structure hierarchy for organizing this information that I don't, that's not the way my, I search for my stuff. So. Yeah. And even if you, you did, and it meant something to you at a time, you put something in a folder. Yeah. As long as you're using a tool that, that says, I don't worry about folders. I just search your drive or I search like, Oh, this entire folder hierarchy. You're good. Um, mm -hmm. I know. I don't know what to do on Windows other than like in Typora, for example. It um, like I don't have a great way to search my Visual Notes archive on Windows. So mm. that's a that's a to do. I'll have to figure that out. I know okay. there there. I used to use um, like there's got to be a desktop indexing tool of some sort, or and whether it's built in or not. I just I'm kind of new as far as migrating to also use windows. So we'll see. Um, but things like on, on Mac OS, uh, you can use the, uh, MD find command mm. and that's pretty darn powerful where, um, if, if you're comfortable with the command line, you can essentially do a, um, you can use, you know, type MD find in a word and you know, this is going to bring up a bunch of files you can type up MD find a word and then start using some of the um, uh, query language for MD find, like uh, say kind colon PDF. Okay, that's gonna narrow stuff down. You can use the in folder attribute too. And all of a sudden like you're able to really hunt pretty fast with um, a little bit of uh, search typing. So, uh, worth that's that's really worth looking into if you're a Mac user. So um, that's that's kind of that that's a that's a big part of searching my text and image files. Um, but then you mentioned the other jobs. Um, mm -hmm. I use a couple other apps too. So I use um, let's see. I don't know if and I'm curious what you, your reaction to this too. Where it's like, do you um, like your visual inspiration board type stuff? I know Pinterest is an obvious choice, but um, you know, I I I kind of I squirrel away the stuff that I think, oh my gosh, that's an amazing color palette, or this is a sweet robot. Um, I'm you know, so I I have a collection of of that kind of stuff, and I use uh, Inboard as like a sort of a local hard drive type of uh, Pinterest ex and browsing experience. Um, it's a great reference for, for that kind of thing, but a pretty specific job because it's like, I need to make a mood board for this next project and nourish myself with a few different, you know, things that I know are really strong, inspirational images, right? Mm. So that's, yeah, that's a task that, um, do you... Oh, Let's so this see, is, is this a, is, this is an app that lives on your computer. So these files are like on your computer. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It does. It actually, it integrates with dribble and stuff too, but okay. that's not my, that's not really my jam. So. Mm. Okay. 
Uh, no, I don't. No. I don't currently have anything like this. And yeah, I I occasionally uh, go back and visit my Pinterest account and go, ah, it's it's a mess in here. Uh, <laughs> it's I, I think of it like with like going to like um, some kind of like vacation cabin that you keep and then getting back and be like, ah, I really should have cleaned this place before I left the last time. That it has that kind of feeling <laughs> whenever I go back. I'm like, I see all the potential this thing could have. And then, yeah, it's, it's just, I didn't, I didn't organize it. I, I probably should just like nuke my account and do like a ground zero sort of like rebuilding if I wanted to do that. But, um, cause yeah, I would love to be able to keep something like this, um, an inspiration board or even like what I used to, what we used to call our reference morgues in the old days where we have like files with like folders of like, th this is a project related folder of reference imagery. Right. Um, but that's a hundred percent what it is. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, uh, and that because I, you know, will, you know, do some visual illustration or visual development of stuff. And it's just, that that kind of tool i mean it's got a job for me so uh, i was glad when i came across it because it pinterest never quite fulfilled that need of like well i have been maintaining my own set of files and they just haven't been that accessible i wish something looked like a like a convenient way to to, to explore these and ideally be tagged which i use um let's see i currently have a set app account and so um there's this interesting, so SetApp is like a subscription service to a whole pile of apps that you can just in, instantly install and don't have to pay another fee for. It's like a Netflix for apps. Uh, remember Uber for blank <laughs> being a business model? <laughs> yeah. But uh, but this is addressing a pile of needs. Um, joking aside where you, know, you have independent developers who need ways to have sustainable revenue to make these complex tools. And so um, SetApp is, is a pretty good solution. And I want, cause I want to support indie developers, you know, like uh, I want to support the people who make the kind of things I care a lot about. And that I'm also one of those people. So, and it, this is, I'm reminded of like the humble bundles, like they used to do for apps, but this is like unbundling, but, but curating like, like an app store yes. for indie apps. Got it. Okay. Think about a particular quirk or need. You're like, Hey, I need to query a SQL database. What in the world am I going to use? And set app is like, yeah, we got one. Here you go. Um, cool. Oh, I need to, you know, quickly transform a ton of, you know, um, images to be this certain size. And I don't want to do a custom action in my photo editor. Okay, great. Uh, it's, it's, there's all these quirky tools that you can just quickly pull from. A anyway, so I ended up replacing my, my local licensed um, inboard with the set app version and it nuked all my tags and stuff, <laughs> but, uh, which not, it sucks. I, mm. I, 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 that I, I used to have such a sweet, you know, like just dialed in I'm like, okay, data visualization, um, you know, uh, cartoon, um, what was the 1960s, like, uh, UPA style, uh, Oh, the cartoon modern look. Cartoon modern look, whatever. I just went doop boop, and now it's just a pile of images. It's still nice to use, but anyway, you won't have that issue, I imagine. But I've I've been a user of of inboard like for ages, and um, I'm like, okay, I just want to do the right thing and make sure they keep getting revenue. Anyway, um, yeah, um, couple more th um, mm. sources and stuff. 
Yes, please. Please even highlight. Um, let's so, do a couple more because yeah. Uh, yeah, like because I was talking about how I wanted to use Ever, uh, what is it not Evernote, um, OneNote to send my mm. web links, and then it would go like I'm trying, and I'm like, well, okay, I'll come back later when you're done. Um, so what do you use for that? Ah, oh wait, okay, so web links have um, I have a primary web link thing, and I have a well, just in case, <laughs> I just need to quickly capture this in a way that I know it's not going to be spinning its wheels and saying like, please hold on. I need to get you a receipt for that. And then disappearing into the back. <laughs> um, it, it's uh, so I use uh pinboard. So I remember pinboard. Yeah. Yeah. Still around. That's awesome. Yep. Pinboard.in. I, uh, I've, we've, we've talked about how, I have a link saving thing. I'm currently at 30,807 um, links, which I'm not sharing in my screen, by the way. I, I appreciate uh, that, yeah. Link. Um, it's, uh, yeah, it's, Pinboard is, uh, it, it's a great tool. It, it, it's, um, it works well with browsers that let you do, um, oh, I'm, what is it? It's called a, uh, I don't, I don't use them that much anymore. It's when you have a, um, a, a shortcut, a, um, what is it called? It's a, a bookmark like applet bookmark. Let there we go. Bookmark. Let there we go. So if I'm, you know, consuming any document anywhere on the web, I just click my bookmarklet to, um, you know, remember this thing and it just puts it in my, my pin board. Um, and so that's how it's like, you know, things like art and science punks when I'm, it's like, oh, I need to, I need an art pick. I need a science pick or what have you. I mean, I just dive through that list and there's always stuff in there. So that's super cool. Yeah. So, so yeah, you, you've created like a, a dragon's den, a treasure pile of, of information to dig through for potential shows. Um, yeah. In addition to other, other things I'm, I'm certain, but okay. But you, so, but then there's like the, i hang on to this for later, um, you know, link sharing. Uh, what was the other yeah. one? So I will just, I'll, I'll use um, the share um, pop-up in like iOS to throw something into drafts. Oh, okay. Because, you know, like a lot of, if you find a link through like your Twitter feed or, or Facebook or what have you, there's, there's all these extra steps. It's like, oh, I need to get this all the way to my web browser to then save to Pinboard or what have you. Mm -hmm. um, I will just say, okay, send it to drafts. Done. Gotcha. And, um, yeah. All right. Um, um, so what about Evernote? Because we, we talked a lot about that in the early days of Lean Into Art. What, where, where does that function for you now? It's a lot like how you mentioned Google Keep for you right? Where Evernote had way more jobs in the past. And now in a way, it's like, and that's my old notebook pile. <laughs> um, it's also where I will, I'll, I will put research. So if I, you know, am, am on like Harvard Business Review or, um, you know, medium.com or something like that, where it's like, oh, I used up my articles for the day or whatever, but I want to refer to this thing and, and because I need to think about like, you know, digging further into this, you know, good article about, I don't know, UX strategy or 
um, or who knows, right? I will essentially take that, you know, web page and put it in Evernote. So it's it is a scrapbook at this point, a research um, article scrapbook. Mm. It's its primary job now, and okay. uh, and it has this other quirk that it, it integrates with my current screenshot app. But I know I need to. Um, Sketch has gone a direction that I don't feel is working for me. So mm. Sketch is is that uh, screen capture app, not screen share, but it will, you know, capture something. You want to throw something into your your visual, um, you know, archive. It's convenient, but it has these quirks as far as getting the files in and out. And it's I, uh, that changed. It used to be. Like you could have a bunch of screenshots and you could just select them all and, and drag it to a folder or something, right? And then put it into a project and all. And now you have to export them all individually. And, mm. and mm. it's, but it, odd quirk, it Evernote owns it. And so those things show up in Evernote, which, eh. So I, I need to, that's a to-do on, uh, on my radar, which is to figure out my, my screen capture um, process, get it integrated into that visual node archive in a better way. Cause it's, it's, it's essentially like a, an inbox that's always stale where it's like, ah, I didn't sort that. Uh, Where's the stuff. Yeah. And, and it's, it's just not as handy as that set of uh, files in, you know, in that visual archive. It's, so, um, yeah, but anyway, what, um, uh, let's see. Any other any other tools or quirks or questions? Use well, cases I come mean, to mind. That... So the the other one that I was thinking of was um, I was talking about when I had a Galaxy Note phone when I could write on my phone with a pen, which was oh, that was such a lovely time. Um, I found that I used some note taking apps a little bit more. I'm I'm curious if do you have any sketch noting type apps that you like using? Oh yeah, yeah, totally. Um, I actually like to use. Um, it, like if I'm going to go to an event and, and I look forward to going to physical events and watching people give talks and stuff like that, um, I really like to, um, sit back with, uh, either something like squid notes or even metabang and, um, and metabang. some, uh, visual note taking. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it, it's not like, think about it's the, it's the, rapid feel of putting marks down on your digital canvas right mm -hmm. and here i can um I, I can switch i think uh to show you what i do okay i'll bring up metabank paint on the screen so people can see what we're talking about it is a drawing app that works on mobile and on the desktop and it's free we've talked about it before um and it's it's actually a pretty sweet drawing uh sketch sketch tool and it was my tool of choice when I was when I had a phone I could draw on. Um, I loved working in MetaBang. Oh, and it, it syncs with your account, so if you make custom brushes, it'll sync to your whatever device you're using if you're logged in. All right, so I haven't used it a lot on my Android uh, device, so it brought up some defaults that aren't my <clears throat> total total jam, but. Um, so let's say I'm about to, you know, sit in a session and I know that, um, 
let's say I, I will do like a, a quick layout that, that gives me essentially um, note sections. And then I'll take, you know, I'll take that layer and drop the opacity. Um, okay. Yep, drop that opacity and uh, go ahead and create a layer over it. And then I'll start taking notes in that layer. Mm. So, yep. And I don't like so this. So for, for those who are listening in audio, Rob's like sort of drawing out some boundaries uh, a la comics panels reduce the opacity on that. Now he's drawing in a layer over top. So they, these, these areas, uh, these discrete areas are being described in light gray underneath. Yeah. So, and I'm at a, what's funny is I'm at a loss for picking a brush on this version of MetaBang because I've, I'm pretty new to the Android MetaBang. Um, beep boop. I want to say it's down by the eraser tool at the bottom of your screen. I think if you hit that pen. All right. Yeah. This pen, nope, not happening. Nope. Um, yeah. So, because my my uh, um, my brush is way too big. Um, okay, there I can reduce it. So let's say I have um, there's a, there's a, I've got a speaker that is about to you know give a talk, and I'll just get some visual representation captured um, for them and, and and just get like a like a title mm. uh, going for for the event and it's um, let's see uh, it's going I don't know I'll, I'll do a, a big bold thing for for what the uh, main talk is about and uh, uh, but I'm using the cues of the background as like a bit of my plan uh, as far as where I'm going to go. <laughs> and apparently I'm doing a talk about competitive eating in Rob's sketch notes. Yep. So, um, so you capture a quick little doodle of the person and then you're using shape and size and line to indicate like importance of information, a la sketch noting by like having the title of the, of the talk in bigger, bolder letters. And then, you know, a little note in the side next to the doodle of me indicating who the speaker's name is. And then already start doodling in some like, like sort of playful visual ideas of here's a little, you know, a little sandwich. Uh, jostling for the camera and then in some of the areas now you're creating a list so yeah and then uh, uh yeah i'm just so this if i was if i was listening to you you know give this talk i'm going to you know go ahead and um capture some combination of you know visual and 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 uh prose to you know give me a memory of of taking part in that experience mm -hmm. um and that's the but the big advantage I, that i wanted just to, to demo enough of the note taking was um how you can well lay out uh some regions that now become essentially their own yeah like you said a comic panel or or a page within the page kind mm -hmm. of thing 
that that helps me with um uh i don't have to do that thinking on the fly for mm -hmm. for the note taking the because one app that that um where if you're dealing with a with a known canvas size that you, you just don't want to get cramped in a corner and get stuck so um the other app i like to use is um well uh, now that i'm back on android is is squid there were um note shelf is the one that i use on on ios and um then but yeah so squid it's funny it's each each pen has a different uh pressure sensitivity to it it's like the 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 pen that comes with the um my samsung tablet is uh for some reason it's it's like by default it has you know more pressure mm. It's, um, it's 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 softer it's easier to get a really thick line yeah yeah ex right exactly it's the inverse it's it's like with uh with these other other pens it's um um you know just it's a lot more a lot more pressure needed from me so then what's what's interesting is i don't need to um on on squid notes i don't have to be as precious about you know zones of of uh of note taking Mm -hmm. because it has an infinite canvas right so i could be um like all of a sudden you you've switched to a different chapter in your talk and i can just go i can just move the page just be like okay you know now you know now now this this is the new thing and um then you know throw in other other stuff and there's uh, a lot of flexibility in in something like squid notes because i can always say hey wait a minute i need a little more room for this and all right um yeah. it's easy or it's just a vector layer over stuff where i can recompose on the fly and uh resize and all that stuff you can transform so you can like, skew yeah and you just like like just go ahead and use the 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 pointer tool to uh, drag and select entire ranges of the note and just move all of the writing and the art to a different part with just like dragging. Yeah. Yeah. So, and it can, um, it can that, export to uh PDF and SVG as well. Can it? Yeah, totally. Um, so you can you ex export one page or just um, the entire thing uh, mm. as a, as a PDF. Um, so it's, it's a very flexible tool. And so this then, you know, it, it has whatever name it has when it shows up in my, my visual archive, but I can give it a new meaningful name by yeah. making sure I get in there and review those new files that show up, whether it's um, because of course the metabang file, it's, it's going to be just pixels in an image, right? There's mm -hmm. nothing for my OS to really search into that, but the name of it is always a source of um, well, metadata clarity well you know tell me about this thing that i'm saving mm. so it's just it's critical and it, gi it gives you so much more uh flexibility and power to be able to go to different tools and stuff mm. yeah well, that's great um rob i think we might have uh walked around the topic a little bit um do you want to maybe take one more break and then talk about like just remind everybody what our two minute practice is that sounds excellent. Ah, don't want to forget about our two-minute practice. We don't want to forget about that. Uh, okay, so we'll come back in a couple minutes. We'll, we'll remind everybody our two-minute practice. Have any like little closing thoughts on this digital note-taking and maybe some 
cues as to what we're going to do with the topic in the future. Um, so before we do that, we've got to thank some more people who make the show possible. The, the, those people are us. We make the show possible. We work on all these other projects. We work really hard on them, and we bring all that thinking into this thing we call Lean Into Art. And the thing that I work on that I hope you will check out is a podcast called the Four Million Years Later Podcast, which is a show where an old friend and I watch an episode of the Generation One Transformers cartoon in story order and then convene to talk about what we saw. So yes, it's it's a story analysis show, which would be delightful for anybody who's a fan of the Transformers cartoon. But I would argue that it's also just, if you're just interested in listening to people break down story thoughtfully, um, I think it has something to offer you as well. Because like we, we dig really deep into all the choices made in the story to like analyze what worked what didn't what what do we wish would have been there what were what what did we love as children and how has that changed as into our adulthood and what did we hate as children and now love as adults and what persisted what was like the stuff we loved as kids and we continue to love so uh it's it's also a little bit about perspective taking too perspective taking of like a young person watching an entertainment and an old person watching that entertainment so you can find it at four million years later.com and you can find it in podcatchers everywhere. Uh, and thanks to everybody who's been, you know, interacting with that show. It's it's a fun project to work on. Rob, are you ready? It's a wonderful yeah. project. I want a quick react. I okay. got a quick reaction. So uh-huh. a lot of times in storytelling, you gotta. It, it's it's. Uh, I've learned the hard way. It's like there needs to be a little bit of space for someone to go. Wow, such power. And um, <laughs> the yeah, the wow, such power moment for four million years later is is. Um, um, like someone recently wrote in the leaning to our discord about like being, you know, looking for, for mellow podcasts to, to talk about, uh, to just, um, relax at night. And 4 million years later has it, this combination of, of, of energy, but without like abrasive energy. Mm, right. And, mm. um, so you got the nourishment of the, the storytelling analysis, but then you also have, um, the, the, the soothing, voices of jersey and hoover exploring <laughs> the, the transformers and yeah it's awesome love that show thanks rob all right so what do, what do you what do you want to talk about well i would like to just point out um for for my part if you you know like to support the things i do and and um i bet there's lots of areas that um i make some stuff that could help you out and a great place to learn about all that is robstenzinger.com slash store.html. And so first you'll notice that I do some creative process coaching, things like, um, you know, choosing that next big thing. Like you've got different projects in your path. Which one are you going to do? Um, we can do a couple coaching sessions to help you through that. And of course, the first coaching session is free. You get to learn about this whole thing um, by getting um, a, a brief exploration of it. So yeah, or if, or if you're starting to include user-centered design in your process and your project or your company, you can uh, connect me with me here as well. Um, also, I just wanna point out a couple of workshops that I have um, available for you at your own convenience. You can check them out either via skillshare.com or go to the easy link here and you'll, you'll be taken to my Gumroad store where you can just buy it and have your own access to that. You can stream it or download it from Gumroad, very flexible, bring it to any, any device you need. To, those two workshops in particular are drawing user journey maps to design user experience, gather ideas and collaborate. And this is all about the, you know, like trying to, to perceive more on that thing and see other perspectives on the product you're making, the service that you provide to your audience. But then how do you connect 
other really helpful perspectives that um, that are maybe outside your normal day-to-day -day point of view and connect that on a timeline and say, ah, it's really a lot easier to see what's really important we, that we can fix or do or invent next with this project. So yeah, that's drawing user journey maps, um, really handy, handy planning and collaboration tool to learn about in that workshop. Uh, then I also have the customizing your next creative challenge workshop, which is, it's, it helps you go through a process of thinking about what is important to you to get a great experience out of this, you know, a creative challenge, especially if you're, if you're going to do one either alone, solo, what would that be? You could design your own, or if you're going to, you know, take part into a, a public one like NaNoWriMo or what have you, how do you make that be um, a thing that really works and fits you right now? You know, whether it's uh, learning experience or creating an actual product at the end and uh, tune that. And this is a, th a thoughtful set of tools to tune any kind of creative challenge to your needs and liking. So all that is available at robstenzinger.com slash store.html. robstenzinger.com slash store.html. And the last thing we hope you will check out today is the Lean Into Art Discord. Yes, we have a forum now where you can interact with people who enjoy the show. It's freeing you from the chat streams. I, I, we appreciate everybody who shows up to our live streams and interacts with us, but you can continue on the conversation in the Lean Into Art Discord. There's three public channels, and then there are some uh, channels that are only available to people who support us on Patreon. The invite link will be in the show notes of this episode and every episode. It's not like discord.com slash lean to art. It's like there's an invite link to get into it. And it's like a private Twitter, which is actually incredibly refreshing. Um, thanks to everybody who's been interacting with us there. It's It's been really great to have a place to get to know you uh, a little bit more of an ongoing basis. So, all right. Uh, are you ready to have our two-minute practice reminder? Yeah, let's do this. All right. What's the so, two-minute practice for those who are tuning in for the first time? So two-minute practice is a segment of our show, the regular show, but we actually separate it off into its own feed as well. So you can just focus on this sort of interactive exploration experiment where there's all kinds of things that we can we can do to, to explore new uh, experiences to learn, to grow as uh, as creators or just as as human beings. And so, if you like, what if you tried this stuff just two minutes at a time? And that's that's the basic idea of the two minute practice is to have something to practice, and just set a timer and make it uh, as inexpensive as you can to get these experiences. And so, yeah, every um, every couple of weeks we introduce a new one that we're doing. But of course, as you're playing along, it's you know, it's up to you to, to pick any kind of practice that suits your needs. Um, and of course, we'd love to hear from you as well uh, in our in our Discord. And oftentimes in the, um, in the, what is it, the Creative Challenges channel? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, yeah, Challenges Quests. Challenges Quests. There we go. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, you'll see dialogue about what folks are trying. And, uh, you know, little community within the, uh, the whole leaning to art thing so well what did we what are we currently practicing jersey doing stretches stretching for two minutes taking a purposeful pause in the day um if you can go back and listen to the last episode which is only like you know five five minutes long uh it'll, it'll bring you up to speed on what we've been doing and what we're doing next um but yeah we're reminding everybody if you want to uh join along with us uh we're just doing two minutes 
you know, trying to do it daily as many times as you can, you know, in, in the weeks, the two weeks between sessions and just taking a minute to stop and stretch your arms, stretch your back, you know, uh, attending to and being, um, aware of your body for a couple minutes in any given workday. And we'll convene next week to talk about what we experienced in doing that. And you can listen in at, by going to leanatorcom slash two minute practice, or just stick around to the end of the next week's episode. So, mm. all right. That's really fun. I, uh, I, I wonder if anyone if would like a remix of the two minute practice ever where the the introduction of the challenge and the completion of the challenge were in the same episode because right now we have a we, right now it's a chain of sort of um handoff talk about the prior yeah. one it, yeah it, there you go it's it is like a handoff or a relay kind of thing yeah um yeah so uh, once in a while it hits me like hey what if there were a two-minute practice remix where mm. every every episode were the the whole thing the whole practice so if, um, yeah, I would love to hear from the leaners on this because like we're approaching the end of 2020 and that would be a really good time to make that shift if we decided to do that. But I would like to know from them, like what do you, what would you prefer? Those who have been listening to the two minute practices, do you like the handoff nature or do, would you, would, would it be interesting for you to like pa- package it up in one episode? So then like, you know, you get the full experience, but yeah, I don't know. I, I right now I feel like the handoff works really well because like it's 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 designed to be interacted with. We're asking people to play along and show up and share their experiences. But yeah, absolutely, that's a super good point. It it would it would uh, creating that uh, tightly coupled start and end to it would get rid of that middle. Um, everyone play along time. Yeah. Well, so, at least with the two minute practice podcast, it would. But yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. Interesting. Interesting question. Uh, we'll see if anybody interacts with that and, and gives us some feedback on what they're preferring. Um, mm-hmm. But either way, next week, we'll find out what we experienced. So, uh, and that's to say that, the, first of all, thanks for this conversation, Rob. This was, uh, this was actually extremely helpful in helping me navigate, like, how to more thoughtfully approach digital note-taking and, like, feel like I'm availing myself of my digital devices a little bit more than I have been. So, Thanks for I'm that. glad to hear it. It's it's a pleasure. I this is it's it's always one of those things having so many thoughts on the topic. I appreciate navigating this with you and I'm I'm glad it was useful. So, thank you. And we record this show weekly, usually on Thursdays. Uh so we'll be back next Thursday and stream it live at noon Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Central, and then we uh broadcast on a variety of platforms and collect it as a podcast at leanatwart.com and patreon.com/leanatwart. We'll be back next week. Until then, I've been Jersey Drozd of leanatwart.com and Jersey Drozd on Instagram. And I've been Rob Stenzinger of leanintoart.com and Rob Stenzinger all over the internet. Okay, bye. Show notes for this episode can be found at leanintoart.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at the user leanintoart and you can reach us via email at leanintoart.com at gmail.com. And remember, leaners aren't wieners. Thanks for listening.